Remembering the great DJs of radio, it's Radio Greats with the live Luke. This week on Radio Greats, I'm joined by someone who uh, has spent the best part of almost four decades in the radio business, working on stations from Mercury, uh, Smooth, Coast 106, and now with All Oldies Radio. He's also had a successful career with QVC and also shopping channels, and I look forward uh, to learning a bit more about him in this edition of Radio Greats. But, but before we dive into that, let me say a big radio hello to Steve Highland. Hello, thank you very much for allowing me to be on your show today. Thank you. You're very welcome, Steve. And I have to first ask, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you very much indeed. Well, that's great to hear. So, Steve, um, I should I said four decades, but it's actually 37 years of um, working on the wireless behind you. But going back to the beginning, how was it you developed the radio bug? Oh, I I am... Um... Like so many different presenters, I think, out there doing the old mobile DJ stuff and really enjoying that. Uh, but I fell into hospital radio and uh, it, it, and that really was what changed it for me. I remember going along to this this hospital radio station and walking into this, this studio and a very well-equipped studio, it was at the time, and hearing the guys that were on the air and I thinking to myself, there, there is no second best here. These guys are as good as what you hear on the airwaves. And, it, and in those days, it was where we were, it, it was West London where the station was, really what was on the air was either the BBC radio or Capital in London. And we were kind of sharing the feed to the patients with Capital. And it was it was a fantastic station. The station was called in, the, in those days Radio St. Bernard's. And I was there for a long time. Ten years I spent there learning the trade. And I think there are so many people that never learn their trade or never really understand what radio is about. So 10 years there. Halfway through that, we changed our name from uh, Radio St. Bernard's to Ward Radio, W-A-R-D. We we borrowed a jingle package from an American station in Pittston, Pennsylvania. And uh, we they were like our sister station in America. And the nice thing about it was we were on loudspeakers. So we weren't on these headphones, so we, we knew we were being listened to. If we did anything from the studio, it was... It was really like a very early community radio. So we had a TSA, a 3000. The staff were listening. The patients were listening. Everybody was listening to it. So we were truly part of a community. And that's where the love of doing this really came from. I loved doing it and I enjoyed it so much. And to a certain extent, I wasn't really sending any tapes or anything away to get into commercial radio. What I was doing, I was just enjoying what I was doing. I, I had a real job that was bringing the money in, caught in the money trap, and um, and stayed there for all that time. And then what I did was I did send some tapes away. And in fact, the guy that inspired me is another radio great, in my personal opinion, and that's Danny Pike, who's now on Southern's, uh, was it BBC's Surrey? He sent a tape in and he got a gig on um, County Sound. And I thought, well, if he can do it, anyone can. So I sent my tapes away and I ended up getting an interview with John Wellington down at Radio Mercury, which was just really exciting because here you were, one of the most beautiful radio stations in the country, grade two listed building, beautiful studios, went along for the audition, heart in my mouth and all of that, and got the gig there. They they offered a few shifts and you think, right, I've cracked this then. Uh, and when I got home, there was a telephone call waiting for me from Phil Fothergill at Chilton saying, come up for an interview. So from one tape, 
And from doing no proper radio, finding myself doing two stations was absolutely exciting. You, it, you know, it was all the toys and everything. It was just brilliant. So it was weekends at Mercury and it was weeknights for a while during, the, during that summer year, uh, 1985, I think that was, uh, doing Children, the Hot FM. And two different radio stations you couldn't you couldn't find. You know, Radio Two was or um, Mercury was kind of a a hot radio too. And Chilton, well, Chilton was what Chilton was. It was the the hot FM. It was fabulous. Two, how can I say, two heritage stations, Mercury and Chilton. Around this time, am I right in thinking the lineup included the likes of Ed Stewart and also a very young Pat Sharp? That's right. I actually sat in for Pat Sharp. So, yeah, that's who was there. Uh, Ed Stewart, what a lovely bloke he was. Pat Sharp, an absolute fabulous uh, technician. He was good. We also, a little bit later on, we got Baby Bob Stewart, ex of Luxembourg. He was there. Um, Timbo, the legendary Timbo, uh, was on Mercury, and he used to share his programme with Southern FM. So it, um, Howard Pierce was there as well. I remember walking up the, the drive towards the building and Howard Pierce saying to me, this is probably one of the best local radio stations in the country. And I kind of believed him. I, I, I think it was. John Wellington was an absolute master at the format, as far as I was concerned. And the whole station was a really successful outfit. It was fab. And um, so I've got to ask, that the first show you did with Mercury, what was that like? Uh, My hand was shaking. It was a Saturday night dance party. And uh, they'd given me a couple of shows to do, went in there. And it was a four-hour shift. It was from nine until one o'clock in the morning. And it was back-to-back music, no ads. Can you imagine that today? Uh, No ads. I don't even think there was news my memory serves me right. And the phone lines were alight all night. And all you were doing was record dedication, but it was nonstop. It was crunch and roll. It was back-to-back music. And did that for a while. Then it was a case of doing a bit of relief for people. You know, you'd be, you'd be in and out doing different shifts. And they said to me, the first show that comes up, um, we'll let you have. And the first show that came up that was free was the Soul and Dance show on a Saturday night. So still doing my, my normal job during the week. But on a Saturday night, I became the solo dance jock. And uh, that was great fun. Did that for about five years, actually. And I was never really, when I, when I used to do the discos and that, I wasn't really a solo dance jock anyway. I, I was more of a pop and prattle guy, but loved doing that show. And, you know, you get invited out to all the local clubs and everything. And I think they'd be expecting a young, hip guy to turn up. And then this gray, gray-haired bloke would uh, arrive. The, the silver fox would turn up and... <laughs> and uh, maybe some disappointment, but that was great fun doing that show. Um, Danny Pike was at the station as well at the time when he left. Um, they, they, they said, would you do drive for a couple of weeks? Did that for six months. And then we merged with County Sound. And um, when they were relaunching County Sound, as it was then as Mercury 96.4, they said, which show would you like? And I said, let's try breakfast and ended up doing breakfast there for, I think it was four years out of the Guildford studio. And then we lost the license for that area. 
And before we we actually finished the service there, they they took me back to Crawley on 102.7 and did another seven years on breakfast. So about 10 years on breakfast in total on Mercury. It's the Bigger, Brighter, Better Breakfast Show from the heart of Guildford to the heart of the South. 9.17, the time of very good morning. So what we still got planned for you today? Well, the Breakfast Bunch Connection, we had a goodie yesterday and another goodie today as well. Three tunes identify the link and be the winner. And we've already had one winner this morning with our race against time for Antigua. 885 DUD. DUD, and it is a... Uh, MG Montego. Don't think about this now, have you? And you're over <laughs> there in San March, aren't you? Well done to you, Martin Matello, that's right, isn't it? Mantello, yeah. Mantello. That's correct. Martin Mantello, ladies and gentlemen, let's hear from Martin, please. Great, thank you. <laughs> The ten years you were doing on breakfast, because uh, you, you've re- you've brought this jingle back with um, all oldies radio, the famous Nicola Bryant, the Do- famous Nicola Bryant, oh doctor, yes, yes. How <laughs> did how did that jingle happen? It just seems to be compulsory now. If you're if you're a breakfast show jock on any station, in, particularly in those days, you would end up in Panto. Oh no, you wouldn't. No, you would. And we did Panto. We did Cinderella at the Guildford. Uh, Civic Centre, and she was in it. And um, we, we, she was a lovely, lovely lady, and we got very friendly, and we, we knew each other, and she popped in the studio occasionally. And I think there are others that she did for us as well, but that's the one that resonates. That's the one that sticks in my mind because it can be used in so many different ways. So um, the Oh Doctor, It's Hideous is Nicola Bryant from all those years ago, from her in Panto. She's probably rolling in her grave if she knew I was using it today. But it was, it's such a great jingle and it's so usable. Oh, Doctor. Doctor, it's hideous. It's... Oh, it's Steve Highland. Absolutely. And uh, so 15 years, 15 years with Mercury, what was your highlight with them? Blimey. Crikey, I didn't know that question was coming. What was the highlight? Do you know, I think it, it was there were multiple highlights. First of all, there was a great team there and, and that made it that made it incredibly enjoyable. I think when we used to do our Operation Santa Clauses, because you just don't get that anymore. You might get the 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 marathons, the, the telephone marathons on the air occasionally. But in those days we would do Operation Santa Claus. And we would go out with the outside broadcast truck and we would do a pub crawl. And we would walk into pubs. The mast would be going up. There'd be a microphone thrust in your hand and you would scream at the people inside the pub to give us their money. We would hijack the place for about 10 minutes. And doing that was was really, was just fantastic fun. And the team of people that were around you, because you know none of us are just on our own, are we? We're, we're all part of a team. And I think... If, if you're working for a, t- uh, a radio station that you are a part of, that is true teamwork, then that's the highlight of all of it, I think. Absolutely. And um, as, as well as that, because am I right in thinking uh, your time at Mercury, um, did, didn't it become Breeze eventually? Or? Well, what happened was Mercury was coming along. We were taken over by a few people and um, a nice program controller came along and said, Steve, we're going to make you a star on AM. I thought, really? That's interesting. And so they moved me to they moved me from FM, Papa Doodle Doo, to AM, uh, fifteen twenty one, the Breeze, and we were sharing that with the with Essex, in fact, at the time. And um, it it didn't have the audience. The AM service just didn't have the audience. It was still great. I mean, it was the same kit, same same music, same everything, really. And it's the same old show. Um, but I was on AM for the last six months there. But what was happening then, well, I was getting, I was talking to more and more 
of these TV channels and ended up being employed by Granada Television in Liverpool. So I left Mercury to go work for Granada as a presenter on shop, as it was called, which was on the Liverpool docks. And you, you couldn't have wanted for a better experience because um, at the time, Richard and Judy had just left Liverpool. They used to do all their shows from there. So this was a fully equipped, all singing, all dancing, proper television setup with the full crew, you know, multiple cameras, auto cue, engineers, set designers, dressers, everything was there. And it was, that was fantastic. It was a great learning ground. So you, you go from the skill, we can all probably talk very well, but to go from there and then start worrying about the visual aspects of what you're doing and also the demonstration aspects of what you're doing and being able to talk about a product. A lot of people think that it is mindless babble, but if you're talking about something for seven, eight, 12 minutes, you've got to know that product. You've got to understand it's aspirational in itself. So all the skills that you would learn in radio, which were painting pictures with the words you were now using in television because you were saying things like, imagine how you would feel. Let me tell you a story about this. Uh, when you get this, is gonna, it's going to change your life and this is how it's going to do it. So all the skills you learned in radio you could then transport them over to using them in television. Every morning we wake you up with a smile and we send you off to work with a grin. That's what it's all about, the Bigger, Brother, Better Breakfast Show. Bad Boy, sing now. And... Hello, love! Hey, love! Uh, but I, I have to ask, what, what was that transition from radio to television like? It was very exciting. It was very different. And it was the first time that I was truly living away from home. So I was commuting backwards and forwards, four days in Liverpool and then and then back home again. Uh, Miss being at home, but working in the... Because you use so many of your own skills. So you use your presentation techniques as a, as a, as a DJ describing what you're seeing. Um, I, I used to do a lot of the voiceovers as well for the for the ads and for the little trailers and the promos that we would do on on the channel. So that was that was great fun and and it, and to a certain extent, some of the people that you would meet who had just come into the game as presenters for TV presenters maybe didn't have the the. This is a lot of people can be offended by this perhaps, but you, you sometimes felt that they didn't have the full gambit of skills that we as radio presenters do get because, you know, we sit in padded rooms talking to ourselves, creating an illusion. And on, on television, particularly on shopping television, you are creating a similar uh, illusion, but you've, you've got this prop in front of you and you're trying to, you're trying to identify what is going to, you know, press somebody's buttons remotely. Uh, and it's, it's an, it really is, it's, the psychology of it is, re is in, really interesting. A lot of people are very into NLP in that when they're in this, in this particular environment. It's, it's when you say uh, things like, um, imagine how you'll feel when you walk in the, into a room and you're wearing this piece of jewellery, how your friends are going to react to the way that you're looking. And they're the kind of skills that you learn as a radio presenter. And here we are using them on television. Now, here's the scene. 
it's maybe somebody very close, maybe your sister, your sister-in-law, or maybe you've just found out you're an aunt or an uncle, and you just want to get something special for the little one that's just been born. Babies bring so much joy to the world, don't they? Well, now's a chance to be part of the celebrations and maybe give something that isn't just going to be a gift for the day, but it'll be a gift for not only that uh, baby's children, but maybe that baby's children's children. This is lovely because it's special. We're talking about something that was released this year. It's our golden jubilee embossed baby bangle. Here for some elegant Italian porcelain, French makeup, the best in the world. And your time in Liverpool, I've got to ask, um, so wasn't it two years in Liverpool? Yeah. And um, being the city um, of Beatlemania and the Mersey Beat, uh, what was your highlight in Liverpool? It was a bit after that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, looking at it, I tell you the thing that struck me, uh, to this day it struck me, is that nobody felt the cold in Liverpool. It was a party city. It was a great city. And if you went out in the depths of winter, there could be snow on the ground, and uh, the gentlemen would be walking around in short sleeve shirts, and the girls would be wearing uh, shorts, uh, short skirts, short sleeve shirts and short skirts, they just didn't wear enough clothing up there. Do you know, if I was their dad, I'd be very worried that all catch a cold. <laughs> Especially if it's too close to the Mersey. Too. It's too close to the Mersey. But it, what, what a great city. If you've ever got the opportunity, uh, li- you know, Liverpool fan, what a fantastic end to love. Now, for more than 10 years, a regular audience of around 14 million people have tuned in each week to watch one of the UK's most popular television series. Now, you can enjoy the music that made the show. I'm Steve Highland, and this is Heartbeat, four CDs of great music from a bygone era. So, two years uh, was shop in Liverpool, and then... And then it stayed in the shopping domain, which was, which, which was nice for me. I ended up with a, a, an organisation called Home Shopping Europe, uh, which is part of Home Shopping Networks, who were the original shopping channel in America, and they'd expanded across uh, Europe as Home Shopping Europe, and and that was fabulous because it was flying out of Germany and doing trailers for them. I was the I was the the senior presenter at that particular network, uh, out to the states to do some training, and then also get, getting the opportunity to work out in America on on some of the programs out there. That was a terrific experience. I mean. Th- we, you're talking about something that was, I, I, when I think back to it, you know, standing on a studio floor, five cameras, five robot cameras around you. And the, the interesting thing about the, the American experience was, unlike over here where we have closed studios, over there, the behind the cameras was open to the call centre. And we had a call centre behind it. This is really going off radio now, but we had a call centre behind it that was the size of three or four football pitches. And when you said something on on air, when you you did a description or you showed something and you said, look, if you want to get this, now's the time to pick your phone up and give us a call, you would see all those operators, their hands would be moving and they'd be taking orders. It was electrifying in in that particular aspect. It was so exciting to be part of. And and the thing was, and I think, you know, it kind of satisfied so many of the, the radio needs that you have. So not only are you performing as... As a presenter, um, using the same skills as you use in radio, and then understanding that you t- you know the visual cues playing to the camera, but also the skill of listening to somebody in your ear who is directing you and telling you, "Oh, that went very well. Do that again." 
Uh, don't forget to say this. All of those skills are really useful skills to have. I do find myself in restaurants now where I inadvertently are, I'm overhearing what other people are saying on other tables. And you can be in the middle of a conversation, but still react to what they're saying on another table, which kind of just is very good if you're a nosy parker. So, so radio was fab. Um, radio was good for that. Shopping telly was brilliant and ended up working for things like, you know, Auction World, Quiz Call, and a whole host of other stations, but there was still always that love for uh, doing radio. And, and I, I was given the opportunity, uh, I was there for about 18 months, two years, smooth. Uh, and I was doing cover, really, to a certain extent. So never had a full-time show, but that was a great place to be. Uh, and it was in that interim period when, so it was the old, it was the old jazz studios. It wasn't the ones that are in, um, um, where, where's, uh, where's Capital these Less, days? Leicester Square. That's the one, well remembered. Uh, Leicester Square, it wasn't those studios. It was the original uh, jazz studios that then became uh, the Smooth Studios. That, that was a fantastic experience. And once again, you work with just amazing people again. And it was lovely doing that. And then that kind of led on to doing uh, Coast for about uh, 18 months or so. Uh, and and also starting my own business because I was acting as a consultant for some of the new shopping channels that were coming on screen, on screen, still doing some radio. And then, you know, kind of things happened in your life. I ended up having um, uh, colon cancer um, around about, it was about 10 years ago. And to a certain extent, that stops the television, but it doesn't stop the radio. Steve Island's got a problem. His listeners love him. <laughs> No tongues. No, no tongues. tongues. Steve Highland loves himself. I am a very talented broadcaster. I am the best this station's got. I think I should get a pay rise. I won't be playing this little bit. I was going to say, put it this way, mate. Put that <laughs> on the stopping. air and you'll be receiving I your P45. Stopping, I am stopping the tape recorder now. <laughs> Love him or loathe him, Steve Highland is back on Monday at 6 a.m. We talked about um, the radio being inside of you and um, going to Smoothland. And I mean... What what was that like at the time? Because um, as you as you've been doing all this television, I mean, d- during the periods you were doing um, TV and before Smooth came along, did you ever think, oh, I, I do want to do radio, but then I'm also I'm having too much fun at the same time? That's a really good question. Actually, I th- I think the thing was the 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 danger with. TV to a certain extent is it's a bit all consuming a little bit. And I, th- I think also that we sometimes get a little bit lost. We, it's very easy to get lost in your own self-importance to a certain extent. You know, you think you're something and actually none of us are anything really. And you learn lessons. And I think when I had the cancer, I think, I, I think lessons were learned there actually, that there are things that are more important so what you end up doing is you start to enjoy the things that you're doing as opposed to thinking they're of any importance. So did I enjoy doing the shopping telly? Loved it. Do I enjoy doing radio? Adore it. So you're, but your priorities do change if you've been ill for a while. And, and that was a kind of a bit of a wake-up call, really. Uh, but uh, Smooth London uh, doing cover, uh, how did that gig come about? Um, right. Okay. So uh, um, a lovely man called Gavin, Gavin McCoy and Gavin, I met Gavin. He'd listened to me on Mercury and I met Gavin and Gavin invited me to come along to Smooth. He was PD there. So I went along to Smooth and, um, and did the cover there. And uh, Gavin and myself are still friends to this day. And of course, Gavin McCoy 
very good friends of Steve, Steve Wright. Uh, used to be Sid the manager. Yes, 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 yes. So, the, the, you know, it's it's like all jobs, isn't it? It's it's by recommendation. It's by who you know and, and getting in there. I think if I'd have worked maybe harder and been a little bit more wanting and knocked on more doors, I might have had a very different career. But I'm quite happy with what I've had. I mean, I, I love what I've done. I had a really good run at doing breakfast, you know, loved doing the shopping telly. Smooth was a fantastic experience. It was right up my street. Loved the music we were playing there. Coast was was very different. Coast was, you know, four in a row. And it, the format was quite different from the, the formats I've worked before. And as a jock, you just follow what you're told to do when it comes to the format. You need, you know, that's what the PD is there to do, is to tell you what you've got to do. And the the um, the format of the station was, you know, adult contemporary AC or CHR, really. I suppose it was it was that kind of that format, and you did as you were told. And if they told you to play three in a row, I think that was the smooth was the first time I'd. I'd I mean, with the it's the way automation systems have um, developed over the years. When we were at uh, Mercury, we had DCS, which was so other radio jocks would be listening to this, going, "Oh yes, I remember that." DCS, which was the, as we called it, the devil's carting system. Then we had the very early version of Myriad in our studio. I think we were the first station in the UK to get it. They kind of, the boys from um, broadcast uh, services or whatever, they developed it there. And then you you end up, then I came across RCS, of course, at um, Smooth in London. And RCS was also in at Coast. And it's just interesting with, the technology, how the technology was driving the way the station sounded uh, with the, the ongoing automation and things like that. That was interesting. And it was, and also the way sometimes the technology would restrict the creativity of the radio station. I remember baby Bob Stewart turning around and going, all I want is I want one deck on one fader, a cart machine on another fader, a mic on another fader. Uh, but with all the automation systems, you would have one fader and it have four sources on it because that's the way it worked. So you had that kind of restriction built into the technology. He's baffled Bernard Coleman. Great story this. He spent eight months trying to teach his parrot Dan to talk. Eight months of this man's life to try and teach this parrot to talk. Couldn't figure out for the life of him why this parrot wouldn't learn to say a single dicky bird. Turned out that after eight months, the parrot was deaf. <laughs> I've got to ask is how did you get involved with all oldies? Tony Lloyd, who is an old sparring partner of mine, old Baldy Locks himself, uh, he was involved at the station. Don't know how he got involved. And uh, they were looking for someone to do uh, a shift on Sundays. And I said, oh, well, mind doing that. I'll have a go. And, uh, and then after a couple of weeks of that, they said, we've got this spot coming up doing mid-mornings. Do you fancy doing that? And I said, Hmm. Yeah. Okay, then. And I've loved it ever since. It's a really good routine to get into. It's, in inverted commas, nearly as live. So the the gap between, because everything is voice tracked these days, the gap between it being voice tracked and it going out on air is probably half an hour. So it's as near to being live as it could be 
been live with the technology that's available today with our ISDN and all the rest of it. And I, the technology has just allowed so much flexibility and freedom. And Rusty is the guy that has set this all up. And the guy is an absolute genius and a fabulous music programmer because what he's done is he's, he's picked the right songs. They are the songs that I want to listen to and hopefully the audience want to listen to too. And when you talk to people who listen to it, they go, Do you know, I haven't heard that for a long time and I love that one. And that's the reaction you want to get. Now, at the moment, this is entertainment before business. So what small stations like us have got to do, we've got to make that work and it is working. It is drink beer day today. Oh, yes, it is. International Poke Day. Just going to poke you. There you go. A Good Neighbor Day as well. Strawberry Cream Pie Day. Uh, World Rabies Day. North Carolina Day is also Voter Registration Day. Now you're up to date. So then, here's a great day out for half term. Why not visit Batford Springs Nature Reserve in Harperton? Now, the kids are going to love this. They can find out facts about the reserve and its wildlife while learning some map reading skills. You know what? I think I might go on this. Uh, The event is free, but you must book your time first. Learn about how to book on the Batford Springs Nature Reserve Facebook page. And the event takes place on Monday, the 25th of October at 12 o'clock. For details on this event and more, check out the local billboards on our website at alloldiesradio.com. Absolutely, and um, I, the one thing I've um, I've been curious to know because we talked about earlier Nicola Bryant's "Doctor Doctor It's Hideous" uh, mm-hmm. link uh, jingle. Yes. Um, where, where about uh, what about the Steve? I find your show so so organised came from. Do you know what? Um, I don't know who she is or where she's from. And there are three or four that were produced a thousand years ago. And I don't know who, you know what? She's probably a grandmother now, isn't she? (laughs) Isn't that bizarre to just be thinking that? But isn't that the wonder of all of this? It's just an illusion. None of it is particularly important. But if it makes somebody smile for a moment, if if it makes the edges of the lips roll up a bit, and they go, yeah, I really, that made me laugh. And, oh, and I love that song. Then my my job here is done. Steve, I find your show so, so stimulating and so intense and so or, organized. Say, how about we slip out for a little something after the program? But I, I have to ask, Steve, with um, the f- 37 years you've had in the radio business, what advice would you give to anyone who's trying to make it into radio? I think if you really want to do it, um, it this is going to sound so... If you really want to do it, then go for it. There are opportunities out there. I don't think there are as many opportunities as there were... Um, in when I started in the game, we had all these local stations and they were always looking for the overnight jock. But if you have a passion for it and a love for it, there will be an outlet somewhere for you, be it online, be it on DAB, and if you're really lucky, with one of the big uh, conglomerates that are out there as well. And if you're really lucky, you'll get under one of those. And you know what? There are still people that are going to be stars, radio stars, in the future. And who knows, you could be the next one. And finally, Steve, I've got to ask, who was your radio great? 
Well, we, we were talking before we started recording. Um, I love some of the, the American jocks, the Jojo Kincaid, the Robert W. Morgan, uh, the Dr. Donald D. Rose and all those kind of people. If, you, if you're ever familiar with the old cruising albums, um, all the jocks that are on there were just all amazing. The Americans really had it well and truly sussed in the, the 60s, 70s and the 80s. Over here, um, do you know what Everett, of course, was, uh, was just a, a brilliant, inspired broadcaster. But those early days of Capital, I think, were, were also something quite special too. Um, and many of the, you know, Roger Scott, for instance, people like that, they were the people that would inspire you as a, as a, as a, a young man. I mean, hi, this is Roger Scott. He was brilliant. How he would settle today, I don't know. Would he? Would Kenny Everett get a job today? I don't know. But many of those jocks in those early days, and some of the old Radio One DJs, the Noel Edmondses of the time, even the God, it's got his name's gone out of my head now. Isn't that awful? Oh, Dave Lee Travis. I don't know whether you can mention his name anymore, but Dave Lee Travis. You know, they all they were just fantastically brilliant on the air, and today. Still inspiring me, and I know a lot of people will go, really? But, you know, righty boy, he's still got it. He most certainly has. Well, Steve Highland, thank you ever so much for joining me on this edition of Radio Greats Today. My pleasure. Can I just uh, have a few whoops and cheers for all the guys in the fire brigade? Let's hear from them, please. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. This will speak to you tomorrow morning yes, on the will. program. Bye bye now. Bye bye. From Hazel to here, Radio Mercury goes all the way. Mercury, the heart of the sound. Remembering the great DJs of radio, it's Radio Greats with the live Luke.